0: Every day on The Big Show. What? Gordon and what? Jake want to keep you up to date on all the action, all the newsmakers, and all the big opinions on The Zone Sports Network. This is What's Going On. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Oh,
1: what's going on? What's going big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for a little what's going on where we check in with the other shows on the zone sports network you ready to roll there gordo
2: yeah i am let's let's do it
1: all right let's check in first with of course our good friends dj and pk in the morning they uh talked with jazz analyst matt harpering and uh, talked about whether or not the jazz are true contenders
0: DJ PK and Matt Harpering, question of the morning. The Jazz, a really good team or a legit championship contender? And if they are a championship contender, how many championship contenders are there? How long is the list?
3: Well, yeah, in my opinion... I think the Jazz are contenders. I don't think there's a lot on that list. But what reason, I'm going to throw this back to you, is there a reason why you wouldn't based on the the information that we have so far in the first, was the 21 games? I mean, they beat a lot of good teams. Yeah, they've had some tough losses. But the way they play with the three-point shot and the shooting they can have as well as the defense, pretty good and pretty good information and data. To say that, they, yeah, they they can beat anyone in this league, in my opinion, by doing those those two things right there. I mean, when you're top five offense and top five defense, you're going
2: to give yourself a chance.
1: Matt Harpering pretty uh, firm on the sta- stance that uh, he thinks the Jazz are contenders. What do you think there, Gordon?
2: Yeah, I mean i I was a little skeptical at first, but as I've watched this team play, if they're if they're able to keep a good solid momentum going, especially at the defensive end, leading to efficient offense and yeah I, th- I think they're in the ballpark i mean some stiff competition but uh, i think they can make some headway this year their big goal before the season started was not to get eliminated in the first round of the playoffs so we'll, we'll see how that goes but i think they have a shot
1: well i think if you know if they finish toward the top in the west you know in those uh, top three spots battling out with the lakers and the clippers and maybe even the nuggets who knows i mean they've certainly been hot lately but um you know, I don't know how you couldn't say contenders. I, I do get concerned about playoff matchups with big, long teams like the Lakers and the Clippers because that has a tendency to disrupt what makes the Jazz so good. Locke, uh, Locke gave a good breakdown on that with, uh, with Hanson Scotty today. Um, the, the Clippers actually have a serviceable lineup that they can play that uh, their shortest guy is 6'8". I mean, that's, that is some size and length that you can put out on the basketball court and uh, and we know Gordon that that can give the jazz uh, troubles at times with uh, the offense and the blender and what makes them so good but you know the jazz defense if it can hold up you you've said it a lot if the jazz can be you know top five offensively and top five defensively then why wouldn't you call them a contender I mean that's that's what you need to do.
2: When do the Jazz play the Lakers? Is that coming up anytime soon? I haven't checked the forward they schedule. They do. But,
1: I'll, uh, uh, I'll bring it up right now. They do play in February at some point. So I, I
2: mean, I, even if they do, I wonder how much uh, how much stock you can put in that. I mean, it's it's, it's one a regular game. season game, yeah. so, but it, but it would be it would be interesting to see the matchup because in the playoffs, like you were just saying, that that is a huge part of it. You can have a team that might be really good against every other team, but then they run into a stubborn opponent, and then that can get in, uh, get them in all kinds of trouble. So
1: they have the, I, the
2: obvious.
1: Oh, sorry, just to update, just a little supplement here. They have the Clippers twice on February 17th and the 19th in LA. So one of those back to back against the same team, and then the Lakers at home on ESPN on February the 24th. So they get three games against those two teams right quick.
2: Well, we have seen the the Jazz beat the Clippers. We have not seen how they'll do against the Lakers, and that's obviously a, a tall order because the Lakers are <laughs> they're the defending champs for a reason, and they're really good, and they may be better this time around than last time, even though they have stubbed their toes along the way. So at times, but yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how this is an improved version of the Jazz. I think everyone can agree on that, right? They're better than they were last year.
1: Yeah, I think so. This this stretch in February, and I knew it was hard, but now that I see it laid out in front of me, I mean, it, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty daunting. Listen to this, Gordon. So Detroit tonight, um, at Atlanta Thursday, at Charlotte Friday. I mean, certainly three manageable opponents. But then you mm-hmm. get to this. Uh, Sunday, at Indiana, who is uh, playing well this year. Uh, Tuesday... Uh, home to Boston, Friday home to Milwaukee, Saturday home to Miami, Monday home to Philadelphia, and then at L.A., at L.A., home to Charlotte, uh, home to the Lakers at Miami.
2: Yeah, that, that is a rugged run. Isn't it? That,
1: is, that is pretty incredible. I mean, just, just yeah. this part of it alone, Boston, Milwaukee, Miami, Philadelphia, L.A., L.A., the Clippers, that is, Charlotte, Lakers at Miami.
2: So it's going to be that much more important for the Jazz to be to increase their intensity at the defensive end and uh, set strong picks, move sharply, get the ball where it needs to go. And if, if the Jazz can, eliminate the turnovers because that is counter to everything they're trying to do because they're trying to hurry up the other guy and get good shots going the other way. They don't want to aid uh, and abet that by, by here have the ball, and next thing you know, the opponent is uh, having an easy time of it, not against that caliber of competition anyway.
1: Yeah, got to get stops to get points in transition, certainly. Got to get rebounds, which they've been very good at, uh, that they weren't uh, against Denver the other night. So there are things that the key, compo- you know, keys that the Jazz can uh, focus on to to help them play better. But, you know, basketball is a simple game, and it sometimes it comes down to I'm going to ISO my best player and he's got to go get a bucket. And sometimes when the Jazz get... You know the the offense gets stagnant and it breaks down. That's when they have trouble. So going up against some of these long, uh, defensive, uh, you know, stout defensively stout teams, it's it's certainly going to be a test. Um,
2: Will they be able to get those good looks, Jake? Right. Will that's, they be able to create those? That's that's what it comes down to offensively and defense is defense. I mean, they can't allow teams any of those teams of that caliber that you just listed off. Just to go out there and give them lots of space and let them get open and let them take those good looks. I, that, that's just that would that would damage the Jazz in a in a big way. The whole way they created that eleven game win streak was by playing stiff defense and taking advantage at the other end. I mean, it's transition is it man in both directions. Got to play transition defense. You see the Jazz foul a lot on that. I think that's a smart way to do it, don't you? Although it does put the other team at the. Uh, foul line quicker but that's what they're trying to do and and i think it's smart based on the talent they have
1: i hate the euro foul not talking about it, its effectiveness i i get why they do it i just hate it why take the most exciting play in basketball and ruin it like that Locke points because this out the, the uh, whole
2: idea is not to have the game beautiful the whole idea is to win
1: Oh, right, but Locke points this out. He's, it's it's actually turned into a bit of a joke on the broadcast because he points it out so much that the Euro foul is actually illegal in Europe.
2: <laughs> is that what he says? Yeah, he points well, that out Where, a What lot. happens? Uh,
1: I'm sure it it's just like a clear path foul. I'm sure it's the same wow. concept.
2: Well, keep an eye on that. We'll see if they make some sort of adjustment.
1: Just me, as far as somebody who it. consumes a lot of basketball. I mean, I just... Mm. that. That rule or lack thereof, I don't know. It just makes the game clunky.
2: That's a strong point, actually. Come to think of it, because it is fun watching uh, teams get out and run.
1: Right. Uh, but and you've got a you know a three on one advantage, and that one it just happens to be back, so that one can foul. I mean, you know, give me. I want to see the alley oop, man.
2: Yeah, I I I hear what you're saying and but they're not the jazz is going to continue to do it as long as it's legal
1: well right because it's to their strategic advantage but um yeah i mean defense in general is is important i i don't know if the entire 11 game win streak was was built surrounding defense i get what you're getting at right there but they they had a lot go right for them in that that win streak i think that's why so many people are so optimistic because you know that denver game aside during the streak they were smoking teams I mean, it was. That's why Mike Conley's plus-minus differential was so uh, eye-popping because they were just creaming teams. And so, you know that that is not sustainable necessarily beating teams like that. But I think the uh, the the part for optimism is they did a bunch of stuff really really well.
2: You mind if we go back to the Euro foul for a second? Okay. That 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 is a big deal for the Jazz because. When the Jazz have played their best games, for instance, like they did against Dallas and some of the others, what are they doing, Jake? They're taking threes and they're crashing the offensive boards. And if you – there were times in the past when the Jazz wouldn't even – some of the players wouldn't even go to the offensive rebound. They would run back on defense to slow down transition. But if, you, but if you have an attitude, if you have a mentality that your guys are going to prevent that by just committing a foul, now you can get those guys on those boards and you'll see the Jazz get two, three, four offensive rebounds in one possession. And that's, that's kind of fun to watch too.
1: All right, let's, uh, let's move on to Hans and Scotty today. Uh, They talked with Mike Yam, who now works for the NFL Network. But, of course, we've known Mike for a while. He he worked for the Pac-12 Network for a long, long time. But they had an NFL discussion, Gordo, and they talked about if this is the golden age of quarterbacks.
0: Mike Yam joining us right here on 97.5 1280 The Zone. You know, you look at Josh Allen, who's coming up, and you look at Patrick Mahomes and what he's doing, and we're still holding on to at least some of the older regime of NFL quarterbacks. Are we in the uh, the salad days, the glory days of uh, of quarterbacks in the NFL right now?
4: You know, I think it's a great point, right? And and I was just talking to someone about this earlier today. You got a 43-year-old in Tom Brady who's having one of his, what, best two or three seasons maybe ever, and Aaron Rodgers who is, I would argue, having the best season that he's had as a pro on the later stages of their career versus a guy like Mahomes who's looking at a second Super Bowl. Deshaun Watson, who I think is one of the premier quarterbacks, depending on who he plays with. It doesn't really matter, I guess, from that standpoint. But a guy that... And still in his, his mid twenties that's got a ton of football still left. You are right. Like we are in a golden age and hell, you know, there were times even during the course of this season, and I know the year didn't finish out for Pittsburgh the way that they were hoping for, but my lord, I mean Ben Roethlisberger, right? Like you saw Inspired play for hand for, you know, the first ten weeks of the season. So you're right. I mean, I think in a lot of ways you could point to this year and, and talk about a golden age of, of quarterbacks. And that I, look we're just scratching the surface, right? You know, the Baker Mayfields of the world, the Josh Allen's of the world. The These guys aren't going anywhere for for a long period of time. Hell, Justin Herbert, another name you can throw out there. Um, You know, and Joe Burrow, another guy who was balling out, uh, you know, prior to, to the catastrophic leg injury that he had. Hopefully he's back um, and healthy and executing. And, and Cincinnati probably needs, you know, speaking of tackles, maybe they're looking at a guy like Penae Sewell, for example, to help that backside for Burrow. So your point is well taken, man. There, there's a ton of talent. And I think a lot of the offensive teams that we're seeing nowadays in the NFL are, are helping – Uh, A lot of these quarterbacks put up massive numbers. If I'm not mistaken, this year in the NFL, I think it was the most points scored ever in a season. And I can't help but think it's not only a combination of of the talent at that quarterback spot and, and skill across the board, but also the schemes that we're seeing from a lot of these coaches.
1: All right, there you go. That's Mike Yam talking about the golden age of, of quarterbacks. I thought that was a fascinating question because we're seeing these these young quarterbacks that are that are really special. I mean, Mahomes, Josh Allen, uh, you know, really special players. But then the old guard's still holding on, right? So, is this really the golden age of quarterbacks?
2: Is it any more golden than it was when John Elway and Dan Marino and uh, John Elway, Dan Marino, Joe Montana were playing, and you know, many other Steve Young. There have always been some great quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah. I think the the rules, the rules these days uh, make the quarterback position that much more important, and the way the the offensive philosophies that are in play, namely pass the ball, pass the ball, pass the ball, and uh, yeah. so I, I don't know. I remember stretches when great quarterbacks were around all simultaneously, and yeah, certainly it's true now, but I think it's been true in the past too.
1: I don't know. I'm trying to think. With I'm I'm more thinking of it like generational overlap. You know, did did uh, Marino Elway Montana did they overlap when, at the end of their careers with the young Bucks? You know, how how was the young quarterbacking like? Did like Brady and and Manning didn't really overlap with Marino and Elway, right?
2: Uh, that I, I boy, I'd have to go back and check the exact years. But, Elway won know, in ninety eight, uh, ninety
1: nine. Does that sound right? When he won and retired. And
2: when when was Peyton a, a, a rookie?
1: It was a, a couple of years before that, but I don't know if Peyton was really cooking by then. You know.
2: Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, there are there are a lot of great quarterbacks. I get that, but there, my memory is I'm going back through watching NFL football through the years. I mean, the Johnny Unitas in the Roger Stallbox and the Bart Stars. You know, they were competing against each other. Uh, Troy Aikman, Steve Young, like I said, Dan Marino, John Montana. uh, And there were always younger guys who are working their way in. So uh, I don't know if I would call this the golden age of quarterbacks, but there are some great ones, that's for sure.
1: Well, Tom's the GOAT, and uh, Mahomes has the potential.
2: Yeah, that's true. And they're going up against each other, so.
1: Right? Right. I mean, how good does Mahomes become? I mean, of course, that's the question. You know, the Chiefs look uh, like they're riding the incredible wave now. But, uh, you know, he has the potential to have a really long career. So what happens as it goes? I mean, that's uh, honestly the most incredible thing about what the Patriots did is they kept rebuilding on the fly. You know, what a what different teams uh, were, uh, well, let's see, what year did they first win it when they went up against the Rams, Gordon? What was that, probably, 2 one Anyway, uh, point being, how different was that. that team than the last team Tom Brady took to the Super Bowl? I mean, it's like three generations of NFL players later. It's pretty amazing what they were able to consistently do.
2: And what do you think of Tom Brady uh, saying that he, he uh, he's going to think long and hard about playing past the age of 45?
1: Oh, go away. That's what I. Think.
2: <laughs> you the, and Rob Morris. One let the mind let on the uh, let
1: the young bucks have it. You know, go go sell a diet plan or something. Right.
2: Oh man, I like it. Forty-five-year-old Tom Brady still going to the Super Bowl.
1: I We know you like. There it, was a
2: time me. when forty-five was like ancient in, in NFL football. It still is. I don't know. <laughs> I. Don't know. I just, as nutrition plans uh, get uh, more in vogue and, and fitness uh, and, and, and you know, conscious body work, uh, well, maybe, maybe guys will hang around. Although the money is so big now that nobody has to stick around that long.
1: Feel you know, like the good old days of the the tough NFL player, not this diet softy cake stuff. I'm talking like who was that Raiders quarterback that's uh, that was 45? That guy, the guy who's George Bland. George, George Blanda, the guy that that's smoking a half a pack of cigarettes before the game.
2: <laughs> By he, the way, have you seen that picture of uh, Lynn Dawson uh, on the side? Yeah, on, uh, having a heater? <laughs> Yeah, he's got a bottle of fresca,
1: and I guarantee he drank a twelve pack after the game. You know, like, (laughs) like, why? What about the days of the tough
2: athlete? Does that make one tougher? Oh yeah, totally. You know, that sign of toughness.
1: What that uh, that you live a rough lifestyle, but yet can still be a professional athlete? Absolutely.
2: I don't think anyone could be
1: anyone can eat a good diet and be a pro athlete. Give me Babe Ruth, you know, the hot dogs and beer guy.
2: I don't think that. See, this. what, what you're saying here is what people got got people in trouble with, uh, say, smoking because they thought it was cool. They thought it made them look tough. But uh, are they really tougher? Oh, thank no, you, Surgeon General they, Gordon they, Monson. They I'm they not just, actually
1: they, advocating for this. I'm just making some jokes.
2: I'm just saying that you can be tough and be drinking, you know, if, some sort of If, if anybody's uh, you know, out there, berry it, juice, you know. What? If anybody's
1: out there, quick, uh, I guess, quick warning for you, you know. And I, well, let me put it this way, Gordon. I don't think anybody listening out there is like, wow, that Jake Scott said to take up smoking. I think I'm going to do it.
2: <laughs> no, you just said they were tougher.
1: Come Thank on. You. Thank you for Knock that. Knock it off. All right, we'll have more big show coming up I cannot, next. Let's,
2: I cannot condone what my my partner. Right, that's on why the air it's right now.
1: that's why it's a joke. Let's talk about actually helping people, Gordon. Let's let's do that. All right, let's let's not uh, focus on the negative. Let's focus on the positive. People can be doing better. That's where Andrew Reinhardt comes in. People can help themselves with a, an issue that isn't the easiest to discuss. What's going on in? Yes, yeah,
3: that's right, guys. Uh, Ed is a sensitive topic, and I think that so many men maybe maybe a lot, maybe the majority of men, I don't know, uh, they struggle with ED and they don't do anything about it. There's kind of a stigma around it. Uh, you know, we're less of a man and the problem does not get corrected. The relationship suffers. Uh, I think that's a tragedy, especially when acoustic wave therapy exists. And it's relatively easy. Uh, a few treatments over two to three weeks, that's the average protocol at our clinic. It opens up blood vessels reverses ed can get guys off of the pills so this is pretty easy stuff by valentine's day or a little bit past it you could throw those pills away and really restore that normal and natural function in the bedroom
1: and i know you guys have a lot of uh, great science that continually comes in that you like to show folks
3: we do 45 clinical studies have now been done uh, that i know of they're on the science page at wasatchmedicalclinic.com Cambridge is a big one. We talk about that a lot. Uh, there's dozens of others. And I think scientifically proven is kind of, uh, you know, we're, we're allowed to say that now. I think the pills will be a thing of the, of the past. The science is definitely sound around reversing ED with the acoustic wave therapy.
1: 801-901-8000 is the number to call. And uh, really, there's no risk in this for our listeners, right? There's no
3: risk. Guys come in, they do consultations, they'll meet with the doctor. Some go forward with the treatment, some do not. Everybody, though, leaves more educated about their body, what's caused the ED. They get a blood flow score and an ultrasound. It's no cost. Um, So that's a good first step. If you just kind of want to dip your toe and see if this is a good option, we'll throw in a little gift you can use on Valentine's Day. It produces instant results. You're going to love it. And uh, this is all free, so give us a call.
1: 801-901-8000. Take advantage of it. 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you, guys. All right, more Big Show coming up straight ahead. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
0: This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
1: Great, Gordon. You see, this is what you do. Welcome on back. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. It's The Big Show. 97.5 97.5 and twelve-eighty. of the zone. Keyboard Warrior just tweets in. He says, I'm going to take up smoking because Jake told me it'll make me tougher. Don't <laughs> See, do it. Don't do it, Keyboard example. Warrior. Don't do it, man. It's not worth it.
2: Say so you're sorry. Come on. Man. Oh, everybody
1: knew that I was
2: joking. You, you, Come on. You influencer you?
1: <laughs> no. No, I'm not influencing people to do that. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. It's a nasty habit. Kills a lot of people. Don't do it. All right. I don't think anybody really better. took me seriously, though, Gordon.
2: Uh, you never know.
1: There's a really – not that anybody would know this, but there's a really funny news radio uh, about this, taking radio personalities literally. What a great show that was. Did you ever get into that? Phil Hartman?
2: I, I – I... I I never watched it, but but everyone told everyone I knew told me how good it is. So I, that might be a good show to go back and check oh, out. Oh man, you know? if
1: if that streams anywhere, somebody let me know. I'd totally go back and binge watch that. One of great TV shows ever. One of the great casts ever.
2: All right, hmm. I I I think I'll do that. I, well, I if you find it, let me know. All right.
1: If you find it. If you find it, Gordon, uh, can't you find
2: everything these days? I mean,
1: I don't know. Uh,
2: uh, I
1: haven't really looked. uh, I haven't really looked for that one though. So, Um, Jazz Detroit Pistons tonight, Gordon. Uh, If uh, folks out there didn't know, the time start time moved on this one, and uh, they're going to an eight o'clock tip, seven o'clock pregame, right here on the Zone Sports Network. Coach Tim LaCombe is going to be along for the ride. So uh, make sure. And uh, and tune in for that one. Gordon, I was interested to see how far the Jazz defensive rating would drop after the Denver game. Not too bad, actually. They're Down to six. 108.3 for a, for a defensive rating. Uh, I yeah. mean, if you want to yeah. like I know that this is oversimplifying it by watching the offensive and defensive ratings. But let me tell you, if if people are wondering whether or not the Jazz are a contender, if you are top five in both those categories, you are a contender.
2: Right, and I would expect them to stay in that top five, especially at the defensive end. Come on, that's see. I would that, expect that, them that, to
1: stay in the top five in the offensive category. It's the defense that has me a little bit concerned, which has been honestly one of my big surprises this year is just how good the defense has been. I think well, they're
2: absolutely related, Jake. And I I've sure, it a sure, sure. Times and they are related, and so that's why. Yeah, because think about the teams that could say that. I mean the Lakers are. Last time I checked, and this could have changed, but Lakers were number one in defense, and I think they were like seven or eight in offense. Eight, and I, th- I think according Bucks, to Basketball Reference, the Bucks were pretty. High. They were number one in in offense and and number seven or something in defense. So I mean it's a it's a very few teams that can say that they're in that neighborhood, and that's where the Jazz were. I guess they still are, but. But you can't be letting that slip, man. Are you a fan of the defensive rating? For instance, I mean the defense and offensive rating. The Pistons, who the Jazz played tonight, they're 24th in offensive rating. And they are, what are they, 21st in defensive rating. So you, you put that together and you think, okay, the Jazz uh, are a better team than Detroit. And maybe you could say that just from the 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 record, 5-15 versus – the exact opposite, fifteen five, but I, I think those ratings really do indicate how your team is playing.
1: Well, I, I think I don't think there is a perfect stat out there. I mean, I, I certainly think it's more of a gauge than just you know measuring the final scores, right? I mean, the the idea between, if folks out there don't know, offensive rating is uh, points produced uh, per one hundred possessions. And defensive rating is obviously the same—an estimate of points allowed uh, per 100 possessions—and considering there's a, you know, never an equal amount of uh, possessions in an NBA basketball game, it it uh, funnels out some of the noise, right? But I mean, there's it's. I think it's a gauge, Gordon. I don't necessarily think it's uh, you know where you look at an individual game and say, "Well, this team has a higher offensive and defensive rating, so this team is the favorite." I think it's it's certainly more well, nuanced that than that. We saw the Nuggets, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean. <laughs> but if you're if you're talking about overall trends, like we're talking about contenders, right, which is a completely subjective uh, uh, um, conversation. But if you want to talk about uh, contenders and what they have in common, usually they're pretty good on both sides of the ball. That's what makes me skeptical about uh, Brooklyn, for example, is they are, they're going to be maybe the best offensive team we've seen assembled. But they're, they're, I mean, I'll have to double check, but they're last defensively. I mean, they are, are they really, they are really, uh, really uh, bad defensively or have been over the, the past little while because they don't have a center. 're playing uh they're playing Jeff Green at center we saw Jeff Green up close and personal last year Gordon and it was something so yes, I mean was. like so that's usually
2: the uh, that's the, the defensive rating is 25th out of 30.
1: right and they have had these three players you know for what two three weeks now so I don't yeah. know if that numbers I don't think that number's going up and maybe <laughs> it's going down fast Maybe they they decide that they're going to play some brand of defense come playoff time and it's a it's a different team. But I mean, can you think I think we we stuck our toe in these waters the other day, but can you think of the last NBA championship team that wasn't good, at least good on both sides of the ball?
2: Yeah, it's been, a, it's been a while.
1: Because Golden State certainly gets all the headlines for being special offensively. They were really special defensively they were. Uh, in, yep. in that run because they were so long and rangy and they could switch all, those, uh, switch all those pick and rolls. I mean, they were Draymond Green made them unique. I mean, they were really, really good defensively. Jordan's the Bulls, teams? really, really good defensively. You know, the, the Laker teams with Shaq and Kobe, really, really good defensively.
2: Teams that are good offensively but not good defensively—doesn't it feel like when you watch those games that they're just running in sand? I mean, not not, not that they, not that they, they they can't you know get up and down the floor—they they do that—but they give it up just at the other end. So it just feels like it's almost an inflation of basketball. You know, it's uh, it it doesn't feel right to me. Some people love these scores. Of uh, you know, 140 to 138 or something like that. To me, that, that's not real basketball. That just seems. Now I sound like an old crusty. No, I don't.
1: I don't guy. know if you can win a title playing that way. I really don't. I mean, Mike D'Antoni gets, you know, a lot of credit, and he's due uh, some credit for what he did in Houston, no doubt. But you know, his his fundamental style, what we saw in Phoenix all those years, it's it's never really won. You know, you can't.
2: Well, it's funny because we talked with Chris about this. Remember and. I, we were talking about moving the ball, transition, all that stuff, and, and can that win? And he said, "Well, look at the Warriors." But as you just pointed out, yeah, but the Warriors were no slouch at the other end either.
1: No, they were and great at so, the other end. Yeah. So I,
2: yeah, just, it's just like uh, Pat Riley used to say when he was coaching the Lakers: no rebounds, no rings, no defense, no rings. You gotta, you've got to do something to trigger your offense. And uh, I, I, I'm a firm believer in that. I know some people roll their eyes, but I, I I think it's true. Certainly true with the Jazz this year.
1: Now, now I'm getting more tweets coming in. This one from Mikey P, who's who says Jake has never looked tougher, and it's some dude smoking. Great! So glad that this is <laughs> I'm so glad that this is becoming a thing. Thank you, no, Mikey see, P. You thank you, thank this, you this very is much. the problem.
2: See, when you go on these rants and you talk about looking tough because you got to. A cigarette hanging out of your mouth—it it, it just sends the wrong message, Jake. Well,
1: I don't Come think on. anybody's taking me seriously, Gordon.
2: Oh, I think some people did.
1: Oh, I don't think anybody's. T- I, I think a, a, enough is known about the dangers of smoking that I don't. I don't think anybody could actually make a rational argument that athletes were better when they were smoking cigarettes. I don't think. I don't think you're going to find anybody to jump on that train.
2: No, but that's not what you – well, you did sort of say that. You were giving them more credit because you said they were tougher.
1: They were tougher. They never missed any
2: games. (laughs) They didn't? Are you sure about that?
1: What are the legends about Stockton, a a famous non-smoker? What was the – didn't Larry talk about uh, the time when his ankle was the size of, like, six grapefruits, but he, he put some ice on it, went out and played?
2: Yeah, but he wasn't had, didn't have a cigarette butt hanging out of his mouth. I
1: know, but the the purpose of the conversation was about the tougher previous generations. It wasn't necessarily no. about the smoking. That was that was my attempted at humor.
2: Oh, all right. Well, I I'm so sorry I, I have, have to explain that, this to
1: you. You know, it's so. Oh well, if you so... have
2: to explain your humor, well, who would ever have to do that?
1: Mm. Well, you don't really have to explain yours. It's just. They're just misses. It's not. It's <laughs> okay. not that we don't understand.
2: Uh-huh. Well, I think th- I hope you're happy because now you're getting people who are sending you stuff. And you know, it uh, is funny though. I'll give our listeners credit.
1: They are funny. They are very funny. All right, stay tuned. Coming up next, uh, we will get to the not sports report bowler with us at the top of the three five items. o'clock hour. It's three, the big show. Three items,
2: Jake. Three. Three. three I
1: don't know if we have time for three. I'll Unless you right. really want to uh, um, call your good friend Bowler and tell him we're bumping him, <laughs> which <laughs> would right, be something which would be something that you would enjoy doing
2: <laughs> for the not sports. <laughs>
1: should we call Bowler for the not sports and tell him we're bumping him back? Uh, Treat we will, him like
2: get... I did in the Mexican airport. Exactly. I mean, is that what you're saying? That is that is what you're what getting?
1: I, at? That is what I'm getting at. All right, stay tuned. More next 97.5 and 1280 of the Zone.
0: Check this out. And now, your not sports report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. You're locked on to the big show presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network.
1: Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, and 1280 The Zone. It is time for the Not Sports Report, brought to you by our friends at the Larry H. Miller Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Check them out online, lhmusedcars.com. Gordon, where are we going today?
2: While we're going to three different places. The first bit of news is this. Maybe you saw it, but Jeff Bezos is stepping down as CEO of Amazon.
1: What's his uh, next so, venture? Evil supervillain?
2: Well, no, here, here's the thing. Think this through for a minute. Me. How frustrating would it be to have 200 billion dollars and never be able to spend it all that means when you wake up in the morning you can't spend what you have you can't even imagine spending what you have it'd be impossible to spend what you have
1: wait why would so that be frustrating I guess maybe
2: that's that's why that's what he's going to get to i guess is spending some of his money wait wait again or What's frustrating it away about it would be Because you have all these resources, but you can't utilize them. So?
1: (laughs) That's not frustrating at all. It's not? No. Why would that be frustrating? Because you have it, but you can't utilize it. You can utilize as much as you want. There's no limits for you in life. There's nothing frustrating about that. (laughs)
2: Okay. All right. Uh, the second item is here. I, Oracle did a study and they found that 6% of those who watch the Super Bowl this year will either watch it naked or in their underwear.
1: Okay. Are you one of those?
2: <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. Is that, is that, a why, lot of-
1: is that why this is relevant?
2: Well, obviously, a lot of people will be will not be going to parties where there's a bunch of people, so they'll be watching them in relative isolation.
1: Are your son-in-laws going to be around? Because that's pretty weird.
2: <laughs> no. I'm not suggesting that this is what I would do. I, I just, that's what the study found. Okay. And then the last thing is this, and I don't know whether I can say this word on the air, but I... So Eric, be ready with the
3: dump button, and and. Well, I I don't necessarily know. I'm sort of uh, filling in last second here. So why yeah, why do we just err on the side of caution? So, yeah, do we really so, want to? Well, do I, this?
2: I, but I don't know how that. I mean, I have to say this word in order to tell the story, and it's for a good cause. So I'll I'll tell you what. I will say this, and then Jake, if if Eric needs to dump it, then you tell him to dump it. Okay.
1: Okay. What a nightmare business.
2: Yeah, right. why don't we just skip it? You know, we don't have to because, do it. Because it's interesting. Uh, do you know who, I don't know who this woman is. Her name is Julia Rose. Apparently she's a model or something. But she and like five other people went to the Hollywood sign and they tried to change it. And they, 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 they did change it. To the word holly boob,"
1: so so we get the naked story and we get the boob story.
2: No, no, that, that's, are you ever going to get out of
1: seventh grade?
2: No, no, no. This is this was for a good cause. It was to bring awareness to uh, uh, breast cancer research.
1: Well, that's nice.
2: But I'm sure
3: that's what it was to bring awareness for, because she also like her, her main job is a model for and she runs like a porno mag, basically.
2: Oh, she does. I didn't know that. Oh. So um, there's a
1: little side motivation here, Gordon, in your your <laughs> story.
2: I didn't I didn't know that. But uh, but uh, but, you know, so whatever, whether it was for a good cause or not, it's illegal. You can't do that. That's trespassing. So they all got arrested for trying to – I wonder how many attempts have been made to change that sign, either to take a letter down or to somehow uh, disrupt it or vandalize it or change it, you know?
1: Well, originally it said something different, right?
2: Hollywood Land yeah. is what it said, and it was there for a, uh, a development project uh, You know, so people would buy homes and buy – Acreage, I guess.
1: Real quick, uh, and we've got Bowler coming up right around the corner. We, I got a couple of tweets coming in here. One from Josh who says, "I'd like two hundred billion dollars of frustration," and then Robbie who adds, <laughs> "Gordon is frustrated that he can't spend all his money. I'm frustrated. I don't have any money. I'd rather have his problem."
2: Yeah, I agree. Well, I, did, th- th- I didn't say it was my problem. I was talking about Jeff Bezos. No, I mean, we, he's we the saw one with all the money.
1: I know, but we saw exactly how you empathized with his situation. <laughs>
2: I can't relate we saw to that in it in any way, shape,
1: or You guys form. don't know how frustrating it is to not be able to spend all your money. <laughs> yeah, Sarah, <laughs> yes, Eric, go yes, ahead. Please.
3: Listen, Gordon, I am a radio producer, and I, I don't complain about what I make, but I, I'm certainly not rich. I would gladly take on, like, billions of dollars to be, quote-unquote, frustrated.
1: Yeah. Of course, Gordon goes to the card and says, oh, how horrible it would be. So frustrating to be to be rich. Oh, how could I ever get rid of that much money? It's just such a problem. It
2: would be impossible. See, this is what I think Jeff should do. I think he should give away probably half of his fortune. Just give it to good causes. Just to spare
1: himself away. from the frustration of it all. Well,
2: yeah. I, no, yeah, he'd be all the way down to $100 I <laughs> You know, maybe give away two thirds of it, or three fourths of it. you will be down to fifty billion.
1: I think you know? should give away your half your worth too. Put your <laughs> yeah, money but, where you, put yeah, your money where your mouth is. Here, yeah, Monzo. can I have
4: your can
2: I have your Porsche? <laughs> it's, it's Porsche. Yeah. It's actually Porsche. The, 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 it's, it's Porsche. It's pronounced Porsche. I agree. But that, that <laughs> I'm just saying. Think about Jeff Bezos. You know he. That would be a lot of responsibility. Because don't they say, more money, more problems?
1: Again, Gordon, you're not getting any sympathies here, buddy. Let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now from Wasatch Medical Clinic, he's our friend Andrew Reinhardt, who's uh, uh, helping guys out with an actual problem, not a fictional frustration in spending billions of dollars. Hi, Andrew. Hello. Yeah. Hey, even billionaires probably have ED. I'm
3: sure. (laughs) Yes, it can happen to anybody. So many guys struggling, and we have helped. A lot of guys here in Utah around the country, uh, whether you've got severe erectile dysfunction or you just kind of want to top off your drink and perform better and more frequently in the bedroom, our acoustic wave therapy, this is FDA registered, backed by a Cambridge study now, it opens up really gently blood vessels. Think about what you do in the gym when you lift a muscle and you build it up stronger. That's kind of what these treatments do. And they do it pretty quickly, a few 10-minute sessions over a couple of weeks. And we've seen guys get back to normal. Uh, a 60-year-old guy get back to function like in his 40s. That happens all the time. So if you're out there frustrated, this is, can be a great alternative to taking those pills.
1: Stop putting up with those side effects, right? This sounds terrible, the, the headaches. Heaven forbid you get the injections. I mean, it just you, this sounds so much better.
3: Yeah, those are all treating symptoms. You still have ED the next go-around. It doesn't fix anything. Um, and the side effects, yeah, they, they're brutal. The lack of spontaneity. We're actually treating the root cause here.
1: All right, 801-901-8000. That's the number you call. Uh, get on the on the schedule to come in and visit with the doc, and you're doing a lot for our listeners today.
3: We are. I think there's probably $500 in value in this. Uh, the exam, the assessment, He'll do a blood flow ultrasound. You'll spend some time with our doctor. If you move fairly quickly, you could be done or close to being done by the time Valentine's Day rolls around. Uh, We're going to throw in a little gift that produces excellent results in the bedroom as well. Give us a call. Put a stop to the ED. All of this is no
1: charge. 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thank you, Andrew. Bowler joins us coming up next. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 of the zone.